Momentum Podcast, helping you develop a partner network that enables ministry to happen. Uh, what would you tell them? Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Episode 7 of the Momentum Podcast. I'm Daryl Parsons. And I'm Naomi Vandivis. How are you doing today, Naomi? I'm great. It's a good day. It is a good day. And uh, we have had such a good time recording these podcasts. Um, Lots of great topics and uh, really, really tremendous guests. And uh, we've got another one today. Today we're having a conversation with Aaron Friesen. He is the Partner Development Coach in Regina Youth for Christ. Hey, Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, very happy to uh, to be a part of this. I've loved all the episodes I've listened to so far, and so I'm excited to uh, hopefully add some content that will be helpful to staff that are going through partnership development. Ah, that's neat. Uh, you're the first person who's been on the podcast who's acknowledged that, so I think that officially makes you our fanboy. see that's all you have to do to get on the podcast to say something nice and then like you're in something nice please (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah so Aaron why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey with Youth for Christ yeah so it kind of starts back um, so I grew up in a small town in Dauphin Manitoba and uh, so music has been a big part of my life still is a big part of my life so in high school, I started playing um, playing in a band with a few guys, and uh, we just kind of had small ambitions to kind of just play around the province or whatever, and uh, that kind of, you know, each step, we just kind of kept going further and further and further, and uh, so we ended up, um, a few years later, um, moving to, to Regina, Saskatchewan to kind of pursue that a bit further, and then kind of just continue with that, ended up signing... Uh, with one of our dream record, record labels called Face Down Records um, out of California. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided to, to start touring full time. And uh, so that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of its own story in itself. Um, but that was my first interaction with YFC. Uh, so we had played a few Youth for Christ drop-in centers um, in Manitoba and Altona, McGregor, Morris. Um, and I didn't really think much about YFC at that time. You know, back then it was just, okay, cool, this is the place to play. And mm-hmm. and uh, so we just kind of went with it um, in that regards. Um, and so kind of in, in that, you know, obviously there's with, so it was uh, like a punk hardcore band. And uh, so a lot of the kids coming out to those shows, um, you know, would be at risk, um, you know, in, in a sense. And, and and again, I, I wasn't necessarily aware of that enough, you know, to to maybe do as much as I could or should have, but still was having conversations with youth and you know, kind of picking up things from their stories and sharing stories, and um, so that was kind of my first first introduction to Youth for Christ, and uh, so it, so in there I got married as well. Um, so the, for the first two years of being married, I was. I was gone for for most of the year, so that mm. kind of had some challenges um, of itself. But um, for the most part, was a good experience. Um, a few years into, so about two years after we got married, we were I was touring full time, and uh, we had or found out that we were pregnant, and uh, so that that was a huge surprise. That was not something. <laughs> 
uh, that we had planned, especially, you know, in, in that, in that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, it's funny looking back because, you know, most people, they find out they're having a baby and they're excited and it was quite the opposite for, for me, especially I, I was heartbroken. I was not happy about that. Um, mostly because I, I didn't want to be, you know, on the road touring mm. uh, with a child back at home. And so I knew that that news brought, you know, a significant change and in, in my course of life. Um, but, you know, looking back on it, it, it was totally God's timing. Mm. Um, so in, in that time I had, so kind of through all the years of touring, I'd been working at Mr. Sub, uh, just kind of working whenever, whenever I was home, uh, the owner there always had shifts for me. And, uh, so when the band ended, I took a manager position at a store, uh, Mr. Sub, just because I didn't really know kind of what else to do with my life mm-hmm. at that point. And, uh, so I had a friend that was working at Youth for Christ here in Regina, at that time, it was it was pretty small. I think they just had they had one group home they were running uh, for 16 to 18 year olds, and so he had sent me a support letter. So I was I was supporting him, yeah. and uh, so that was my involvement with Youth for Christ at that time. And uh, he called me one day and said, "Hey, they're uh, looking to open another youth home in the city here. I think you would be a great fit for um, for a position there, and uh, yeah, so you, you should apply for that." And it kind of just kind of sparked something in me. And I just, I don't know if it was just because of the stage of life I was at and I was looking for something else. And um, so I immediately applied for it. I took the application right to the guy's house, didn't even, mm-hmm. didn't even wait to bring it to the office. And, and another funny thing about that is, you know, now when staff are coming on, there's so much emphasis on, you know, to be praying about it. Is this where God's calling you? And, I, I don't necessarily remember doing a whole lot of that, which um, <laughs> is just kind of funny to look back on, you know. But I think maybe had had I done that, I might have, you know, talked myself out of it or been like, oh, you know, I don't necessarily want to be raising support or, you know, this is such a big shift. So it was kind of good that that kind of came with the process. Kind of once I was in it, I, I kind of started seeing – okay, this is where God wants me. He's using skills that I've gained over the years of, of playing music and spending time with hurting young kids that are coming out to concerts. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of the, uh, the short version, I guess, of, mm. of what brought me to YFC. It was kind of a, a whole bunch of pieces together. Maybe it wasn't, you know, I went to Bible school and I wanted to work with youth, and so I worked with Youth for Christ. Right. It, yeah. was, it wasn't kind of as simple as that. That's cool because yeah. it does point to um, it does point to to a fact that uh, not everybody's trajectory is the same. Yeah. Right. And as much as we emphasize the importance of calling, um, that is yeah, yeah. you know something that needs to be discerned in and through a process. But that process definitely doesn't look the same. I just don't know how many people you know would uh, look at your story and go, you know what, I can resonate with that. It feels like you know these circumstances developed, right, and came mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and brought things into place, as opposed to you know waking up one morning with the epiphany, right, <laughs> of mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. like uh, you know, like Jacob, you know, with angels running up and down, <laughs> you know, a stairway telling you what you're going to do. So. Um, you know, I'm glad that this this is not a music podcast because I really would have to start asking you a whole bunch of other questions like Regi- <laughs> Regina. Seriously, really? <laughs> so, 
Well, it, was, it was surprising how good of, of a music scene Regina had, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, we don't better need not, to get We better that. not tangent <laughs> off too far on that one. Well, that's great. So so you were working in a um, one of the housing for, for youth. And, yeah. And how long did you do that before you became partner development coach? Can you tell us a bit about uh, that journey? Yeah. Yeah. So that was in 2010 that I started um, with housing. So that was our, so there was that existing um, U-turn house, what it was called for the 16 to 18 year olds. And then the house that opened up uh, that I started at was for the um, social services had asked us to, to open up a home for, for young to 15 year olds. Um, so I did that for, for seven years I was in, in those homes. So I was in a few mm. different roles. I started, started out as just a youth care leader and then, um, more of a supervisor role. And then at that point we had three homes in the city. And so I'd kind of was, when I was on, I was overseeing all three homes. Um, and, and housing ministry is just, it's a very tough ministry. Um, mm. you know, the kids are, are always there. It's not like a drop-in center where kids are coming and then leaving and going home. And, you know, all the issues and and the trauma, like everything is kind of always there and never leaves. Mm. And so it's, you know, over over the course of the years and the, and the type of youth we were getting, um, I was just becoming very burnt out and stressed out. I had some health issues. Mm. Um, my daughter was dealing with some health issues. And um, that kind of all together all kind of came together at once and uh it was kind of getting to the point where i didn't know if i could do that anymore Hmm. um so with being uh, with yfc for seven years i was eligible for a sabbatical and uh and so i was excited to take that i planned or i'd requested to take that uh, last summer Um, and i was really hopeful that it would bring the rest and the release of stress that i needed and while it did in some ways, in other ways, I was still feeling uh, very drained and not excited about the thought of returning to ministry. Mm. Um, but but in that, like, I was never ready to quit with YFC. I didn't entertain that thought. But it definitely crossed my mind that um, that there was, you know, there was other people that had suggested that I maybe step away from YFC. But I just never really felt peace about that. Uh, so when my three-month sabbatical was about to finish... I still had a lot of anxiety about returning to housing ministry specifically. And I just didn't really think that was a smart idea to kind of go back to that with the way I had felt at the end. And uh, so with some meetings with the executive director here and um, the lady who runs the HR, I just kind of shared a bit um, about not being ready to return to that. And we just kind of started the conversation about, you know, is there something else that I can do? Is there other skills that I have that could be used. And uh, so when the uh, the topic of, you know, coaching staff and partnership development came up, I was really excited about that. I had always enjoyed that aspect um, of doing that over the seven years that I'd been in housing. Um, God had blessed me with an amazing support team and just the skills and abilities needed to do that. And um, yeah, and so when we decided that I, I would return back to work after my leave, that, uh, that that is the role that I would that I would return to. Mm-hmm. Very neat. It is cool, and I mean, I think it's also pretty neat that uh, Regina 
uh, it is uh, taking partner development ser- so seriously too, right? That mm-hmm. it's important, yeah. uh, important to your team uh, to have somebody on staff who actually sort of carries that torch mm-hmm. as, as a part as a partnership, you know, development coach. That's a really uh, that's a really great thing. So you said that you 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 know this role really resonated with you because you've enjoyed partner development over the years. Yeah. And what do you enjoy most about it? Oh, that's that's almost a hard question to answer because I, mm-hmm. I like so so many parts of it. Um, I think one of the main things is I just I love connecting with people. I always have, um, you know, whether it's different people groups. You know, like um, one of my strengths is I I keep in touch with a lot of people. So whether that's um, you know friends parents or you know relatives that maybe you just wouldn't think to keep in touch with and and i just love you know whether it's just texting or email keeping in touch with with people and so that that is a big part of it um you know because with with raising support you're trying to to make your contact list as big as possible and trying to kind of include everybody and uh so not not that you do that just because you need the finances, but for me, it's, it's been a genuine um, joy to reconnect with people um, mm. to see where they're at and to check in with them as well. And, and so not to see it just as a one, one sided, you know, you've got resource I need, but mm-hmm. also, you know, there's, there's lots of supporters that, that need, you know, things from you as well, relationship wise. Mm. Um, so connecting, connecting with people would be a big one. Um, another one is trusting God to provide, Uh, Like, I just think that is such a gift and I I find it frustrating when, when staff kind of give more attention and energy towards the fears and inabilities to raise support rather than just saying yes to God and trusting him to provide. Um, You know, I get that it's a tough thing to do and I'm not dismissing those emotions because, you know, I have those as well, Mm -hmm. Um, but that can't be what drives our partnership development. And so I love that I get to trust our Heavenly Father who is you know, far beyond capable of providing not only for our needs, but for much more. And it's so affirming for me every time money comes in that I'm being obedient to God's calling on my life. Mm. Um, so that that would be um, a big one is um, just trusting God to provide. And, and then, you know, just seeing and hearing the joy that it brings people to invest in something that they can't personally do. Um, that, that's a big thing for me, um, you know, that it's, that people can give to a project or people that, that they can't do themselves. You know, I love doing that too, giving to something I can't do. And, and I think that is affirming a way as well. People get, you know, like I said, scared about, Oh, I have to, you know, ask somebody to support me. It's like, you're giving that person, you're blessing that person with the ability to do something or Mm. to partner with an area that, that they wouldn't have that opportunity to do. Hmm. And so I just, I, yeah, I love that part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you hit some of the really significant high points. But one thing that uh, really sounds clear as I hear you describing your your journey is you seem to very naturally get the idea of partnership, right? As we strategically have, as an organization, have tried to move this idea forward, you know, uh, donors being seen as partners. Mm. Uh, Your words there really resonate on that idea of partnership, so that's pretty cool. And uh, one of the key areas we wanted to focus on today was this idea of, of saying thank you to partners because that is actually yeah. such a significant part of, uh, of, our, of our development process, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because you you would think that saying thank you when someone gives you you know money it would come naturally. But from from my experience and you know from reading different things online concerning that topic, it seems like it's it's quite an ongoing issue that so many people raising support forget about. And I'm not really sure why that is. Like I don't know if, if staff feel it's awkward to acknowledge someone that's given towards their salary or they don't know what to say, or maybe staff, you know, aren't finding out in a timely, timely manner, you know, when that support's coming in or, or what the reasons are. But, you know, for me, like, I feel like it takes a lot of time and effort to gain a new supporter. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I just go that extra mile and saying thank you and making sure that supporter actually stays on? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's, it's such a funny concept that, so when this, when I saw this topic, I was like, oh, I want to talk about this because it's just really intriguing that, you know, for how hard it is to get supporters and then to not really feel grateful for that just seems like a bizarre concept to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you're, you're, you've identified even a few reasons why. And certainly I have, I know I have heard on more than one occasion a, um, a person described the situation where for whatever reason, you know, because they didn't find out in a timely fashion or because of other circumstances, they didn't get around to doing a prompt thank you. And yeah. after a while, it's it, it, it just feels awkward for them. They're like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't feel good about saying thank mm. you to somebody like six months after the fact or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Right? I, I just I, yeah. I've heard that a number of times. Yeah, you know, and and I get that too, and that's happened. But it's you know, it's always worse to just not say anything, especially if you see that person, you know, in person. You know, what what's the harm in saying, "Hey, sorry, I'm behind on this. I saw you gave a few months ago, and and I missed it. I just really appreciate that you guys have been supporting me, and you know, I want to make sure I'm caring for you in that way. And so, yeah, we just we have to we have to be better at, um, you know. At maybe just being humbled in that area mm. of of just you know this person has gone out of the way to give to us like that's almost insulting to not to not acknowledge that yeah and so that's it's like true. you know what this might be awkward or whatever but that that's my that's my part that's playing my part in this is is acknowledging that you know and just you know even from you know especially from a christian standpoint of 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 just being grateful and appreciating them you know they're investing in what in what god is doing and so regardless mm-hmm. of of how you might feel about it you got to you got to give that up and and make sure they feel cared for absolutely mm-hmm. now if you were to sort of get practical what does that look like how do you how do you say thank you to someone well that's that's probably the the lamest part of of my, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to be creative and saying thank you. I don't, I can't think of uh, anything necessarily ex- uh, extravagant that I've done. Um, and I and I don't necessarily think it needs to be. I mean, if, if you're able to be creative in that, that is awesome. I, mm-hmm. I think it's just important that, that you actually do it, you know, um, whether it's you know, email or text or in person or, um, I guess something I try to do is I try to have, you know, supporters in my home for a meal. Mm. Um, I love to cook and I love to host. And so that is, um, I guess that could, that could be a creative way, you know, kind of going above and beyond, um, you know, whether it's putting on an event, invite all your supporters to, 
um, or find find some unique way, you know, to connect with them if it's going out for coffee. Or um, so last summer when I was on my sabbatical, uh, one of the things I was intentional about was actually traveling to go see some people. So yeah. I have supporters in BC and up in Yellowknife that had been supporting me, you know, for seven years, and and some of them I had I hadn't even seen in person. And so I made sure to make that a point to actually go and spend time with them and to thank them, you know, because you know, it's a long time to support someone and to not be able to see them. And so I guess that's not necessarily creative or saying everybody needs to do that, but just mm-hmm. to be intentional, make the effort. Like, yeah, I had to use two weeks of my sabbatical and maybe, you know, I had people tell me maybe that wasn't the best idea to do that. <laughs> but that was important to me. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to not do that and feel good about it. And so, you know, just making the effort, however it is, um, to make those people feel valued so that so that they stay on long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's important to consider, you know, what 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 is meaningful to the person and uh you know, is also, you know, kinda sincere from your own point of view. Like it's great to be creative, but I think being sincere is also, you know, incredibly important so mm-hmm. uh, you know because it stood out to me when you say i p- invite people over to my house for a yeah. meal because i like to cook yeah right like that's yeah. just that's just really authentic it's kind of kind of neat you know uh mm. yeah like i did um like i did a thank you event for partners last year because it, it was a, a neat opportunity just to gather as many people uh, you know together who were able to, to make it and, uh, you know, bring everybody in into, you know, the same space, uh, actually formally say thank you. But just the fact yeah. that there was coffee and dessert and I heard so many people say how nice it was to get together with all the other people that were part of that, you know, group and just chat. And um, it wasn't anything – I didn't think it was anything particularly flashy, you know. It was just mm-hmm. – oh, yeah. it, it was just sincere and I, I was – really pleased with the feedback that that got yeah yeah and i don't think you know supporters are are like constantly wondering like oh why isn't he thanking me why isn't he thanking me like you know like we said be genuine make sure you are thanking them but it's not like it has to be this overwhelming like constant thing about how you're always thinking you have to thank you know these 50 supporters all the time and Mm -hmm. so like you know it can just be a simple thing like once a month or whatever like sending a text or just something to just make them aware that you are thankful, but yeah, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Mm-hmm. So what would you say uh, to somebody who uh, was, if they were part of this conversation, they said, you know, I know it's important, but here's the thing. I haven't said thank you in forever and I feel awkward about it. Uh, what would you tell them? Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I mean, you know, he's the compassionate like really, coach. <laughs> yeah, like I said before, it's like if how do you expect how do you expect them to stay on long term if if you're not going to go out of your way um, to make them feel like they are a part of something? Because that, that's yeah. another thing we forget too is there's so much that happens within ministry, and I know like we send out newsletters and you might talk to people in person, but when you get to say thank you to them. Like you get to you get to share something, you know, maybe it's a a story of something that happened to actually make them feel like they are a part of that team. Um, 
So I guess that doesn't necessarily answer that question, but yeah, just <laughs> well, unless you think "get it over does. it" is an answer, just do it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go no, ahead. I was going to say uh, I actually had uh, a person that I talked to uh, tell me that they were a little, they were kind of scared to do it because they were almost afraid that when they reconnected with the with the supporter with the, the partner, that it's, yeah. it had been so long. They were like they had this really irrational fear, like the person would be like, "Oh, I totally forgot that I was supporting you," and I don't want to anymore or something you know they would actually stop supporting right. them right yeah yeah and it's usually the opposite the person's usually like oh no like no problem i i never thought of it or or yeah. i just like yeah I'd, I'd thought about that you know and i was wondering what was going on with you and so thanks for touching base with me and mm-hmm. feel free to do that at any time like yeah we always play it up in our head more than than what it actually is and mm, you know, it's, it's better to do it than not to do it at all so yeah. I don't think any supporter would say, oh, I would rather you just not say anything than say something too late. Mm-hmm. So that's, Absolutely. you know, again, just those those fears and things that we let kind of guide our decisions and the way we go about it. And we've just got to stop doing that. I had a thank you event as well. And as I was just circling the room and telling people how grateful I was for their partnership, they kept saying back to me, well, no, we're so thankful to be able to participate or to be involved in this way. And I was very humbled walking away from that, um, recognizing, yes, what you had said before, we've invited them into something that they can't necessarily do themselves. And so they were turning around and saying thank you to me. And I didn't, I was not expecting that. And I was very Mm. blessed by it. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's so encouraging. So even if you have never said thank you, it's not too late to start. No, of course not. And yeah. I think that's yeah, worth, I mean, worth reinforcing for people who might be a little apprehensive at this point, right? Yeah, and I would hope that you know anybody that is a part of this process, like that, that that would be a part of it. You know, if, if it's a coach taking you through, or your executive director, or or whoever it is, that you know, it would just be a common sense that you know when we're asking people to partner with us and you receive something that you would say, thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a part of our, our culture or whatever that sometimes we neglect that, but um, yeah, just, just be grateful for, for kind of the process. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, as we're sort of wrapping things up on our time together, um, what's maybe one piece of advice you might have for a new staff member when they join? Um, concerning partnership development, I would say be annoyingly grateful. <laughs> the is going to stop supporting you because you thank them too much. Um, Love it. And, it, and, and you know, on a, on a more serious note, um, it's. I, mean, I would maybe even go as far as saying, you know, don't even start raising support if you don't trust God to provide. Mm. You know, it's going to feel impossible to do it on your own strength. It's going to be very discouraging. It might feel that way, you know, even if you are trusting God, but it's it's not up to you to raise your support. Mm-hmm. As in, it's not just your job, you know, we need to trust God to provide and then to be intentional in sharing what God is doing and inviting people into that opportunity. So whether the people say yes or no, that's out of our hands and we can't, you know, get hung up on that process. Um, but because we know how much it takes when asking someone, you know, if they say yes, then then thank them and help them help them to be happy that they said yes to supporting you. Like, that would be one of the biggest things. Like, I want all of my supporters to be like, I love supporting Aaron. You know, yeah. if my finances 
um, for some reason were in jeopardy, I wouldn't want to have to stop supporting Aaron. I don't want that to be the first thing that I give up. Um, and I want people, you know, to feel like, like they're a part of something bigger. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not, it's not sometimes as, as big a deal, like as you've alluded to a number of times, just to simply say thank you, you know, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. your support, you know, or you could also use examples of some of the things that their partnership has, you know, been instrumental in helping you accomplish. Oh, yeah, for you know, sure. Thank you for your support. Here's, you know, something cool that happened because, mm-hmm. you know, of your partnership. And that's very authentic and uh, definitely uh edifying to partners to hear those kind of things yeah yeah and it gets you know it gets people excited about about partnering with ministry and missionaries and because that's uh, you know maybe this is another whole thing but there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily kind of educated in in how to support missionaries or or kind of what that looks like and so when you kind of you say like this is what you're a part of Mm -hmm. even if it's it doesn't even matter the amount like it could be fifteen dollars a month yeah. This is what you're. This is what you're a part of, and and so that that gets them excited. Like, oh, like maybe there's another missionary I can support for for something and, and invest in that. So yeah, hmm. yeah. I certainly hear the idea regularly that uh, partners recognize that they are not gifted or equipped or able for whatever reason to be in the frontline ministry roles that many of our right. staff are, uh, but they are so happy to be able to support it. Oh, definitely. You know, you yeah. do something I can't, and yeah. I am just happy yeah. to be able to get behind it. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's what lifting up the body of Christ is all about, right? Like, when, when one part of the body is hurting, so to speak, then we, the rest of the body hurts too. So when there, you know, there's a missionary in need, and you help that missionary, you're helping helping to grow that, that part of the body. So there's mm-hmm. lots of good things in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, a follow-up to this conversation at some point uh, might be about how we need to make time for partner development because that becomes one of our greatest enemies, oh, right? We get so busy doing that we don't invest the time in partner development and saying thank you. Yeah. Those are all wrapped up together. So I feel like maybe uh, that is going to be a, a conversation that we'll have to work on for a future episode. But uh, Aaron, thank you so much for uh, taking some yeah, time no, to my- chat with us. Yeah, my yes, pleasure. Thank you. And if uh, somebody wanted to get in touch with you and ask you a question, uh, my email is partnership at yfcregina.ca, or you could go to our website and and get connected in that in that regard as well, which is right. uh, yfcregina.ca, I believe. Okay, that's also our complaints department. If you had anything you wanted to share with them, uh, <laughs> if you really like what you are hearing and you have ideas, maybe you've got um, some great suggestions, creative ways to say thank you, or you've got other ideas for uh, the Momentum Podcast that you would like to uh, share with us. We would love to hear from you. Momentum at yfccanada.org. Aaron, thanks again, and uh, you guys have a great day.